The following program is a specialty program. Unless otherwise identified, the participants on the program are not employees of Chorus Entertainment. Opinions expressed may not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hey guys, it's Sunday night and it's time for the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm your host, Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca. On tonight's show, we're going to chat about how we can work to cultivate confidence and self-love, which is not only so important when it comes to being in healthy relationships, but it's also essential for being a happy human being. Joining me today, we have Sarah Nicole Landry of the Birds Papaya Podcast. She's a mom of three who loves cultivating powerful social media conversations around life and our experiences in it. Sarah is a body confidence activist. She's a speaker, a writer. She's a three-times cover girl. Wow. (laughs) And weekly podcast host. Um, I can think of no one better to have this important conversation with today uh, other than Sarah. I'm so excited to welcome you to the show today. Thanks, Sarah, for being here. How are you? I am so great. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much. I Anything like relationship and then weave our bodies into it, this is like my energy juice. I love it. So I'm really excited. All right. Okay. So let's get started. So let's learn a little bit more about Sarah. So tell us a little bit about your journey and what has led you to become such a strong, inspiring advocate for body confidence. Yeah, for and, and sure. Listen so, up, everybody. We need to listen to this girl. You should check out her Instagram. It's amazing. Okay, go on. Sorry. Thank <laughs> you. So I I started blogging about 12 years ago. And, mm-hmm. you know, back then it was all about the craft you were doing. And I was a stay-at-home mom at the time and just really loved connecting online with other women. And then social media came about and it stopped being so much about our homes and our kids, but it really started to become a little bit more focused on us. And what I was seeing was bodies that I didn't really relate to, just that created a standard for me that I just felt I couldn't live up to. I existed in a plus size body and I just used this desire to be accepted as motivation to lose weight. So I ended up in a span of a short amount of time, ended up losing a hundred pounds because I was just ready to be accepted. I was ready to love my body. I wanted to have that experience that I saw other people having just existing in their lives and, and all now, of that. Can so I ask you one question? Were you always heavy? Like as a, as a yeah, kid? Since or I was younger, it yeah. That, okay. Yeah. Since about the age of 12, I was about overweight. So usually so, like puberty yeah. age is when it kind of started for me. So but, 100 pounds um, would be a lot. That's a that's it a was a deal. lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. I went from 225 down to 114. Problem okay. was, didn't really have a lot of access to information on how to do these things, didn't really have any money to invest in it. So I did what a lot of people kind of fall into, which is downloaded an app and started counting calories and exercising as much as possible. So I lost a lot of weight really, really fast in really What's extreme really ways. Because I would think um, 100 pounds, so- it would take you a couple of years to lose. The first year was 80 pounds. Like I lost about 50 to 60 within six months and 80 pounds by the end of the year. And then the last 20 came off over like the next year, but pretty rapidly in terms of like how rapidly I was going through sizes. But after all of that weight loss and this attention for it and kind of really feeling accepted in a way by society, I was not feeling that inside. 
So all of that anxiety that I thought that I would just kind of get rid of in the process of weight loss and all of this happiness and self-love that and confidence that I was going to suddenly adopt because I existed in a smaller body never happened. It was actually the opposite. I ended up losing weight and becoming more stressed about my body, more obsessed with how I looked, more anxious about leaving the house, seeing other people, embracing parts of me or or having, and I had less confidence than ever. So it really just started to kind of beg the question as to what was I doing? And, and, and at the end of it, to be completely honest, I ended up with disordered eating and a really, really long journey through kind of finding my, what my balance looks like and what my health looks like. And all the while, just also with going through a divorce after 11 years, I moved in with my parents at age 30 with three kids in tow and completely restarted my life and restarted the way I showed up on Instagram. Hey, I, I moved in with my parents at my age, and I'm in my 40s, okay? For three it was months. the best years of my life. <laughs> okay. Let me it's tell okay you. It's okay to go back to your it parents. Was fantastic. Okay, but why were you feeling the insecurities when you lost all the weight? You're like, okay, I lost all this weight. I mean, I imagined, uh, you know, uh, being this um, light now, and now I'm, like, upset. So why were you upset at that point? Well, I think I felt lied to. I think I, I thought... I was even doing it myself. I was perpetuating this message that losing weight would make me happy. And, and, you know, it wasn't the fact, it wasn't truth. I wasn't finding that inner happiness and, and confidence in my body because I was constantly trying to hate myself happy. I was looking at my body as constantly something to fix instead of something to love. And when I say love, I mean it in an action word. I wasn't actively loving my body. I was actively punishing it. So it's no wonder that I ended up with a lot of hate within my body, even after losing weight, because I'd gone about it with just targeting hate on my body over and over and over again, looking at it as just something to be fixed. And why do you dislike the term body positivity? Quickly, well, before we go to break. Yeah, um, two quick little things. First of all, it actually stems from a totally different movement that was meant for a more marginalized body. So larger bodies, it's more of a human rights issue. It actually was started by black women as well. So it kind of got adopted and co-opted by a lot of thinner identifying white women. And it kind of just left those women that originally started it out of the mix. The other reason why I don't love it is because it kind of asks you to be positive about your body. That's not normally the experience that most of us have. I like to go towards more like body neutral thinking, living beyond your body, knowing that you're not going to feel positive about it all the time. Mm -hmm. We need to take a break. We'll be right back. When we come back on the Dating and Relationship Show, we're going to talk about how to stop yourself from engaging in negative self-talk. We'll be right back. Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bilotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Tonight on the Dating and Relationship Show, we are joined by Sarah Nicole Landry, a body confidence activist and host of the Birds Papaya podcast. Welcome to the show. And we're talking about how we can work to cultivate confidence and self-love and so much more today. So... Um, Sarah, I see you on social media and I commend you like 150% because I can't do what you do. You post pictures of your cellulite, you post pictures of your stretch marks, your loose skin, and these are things that as women, we are so insecure about. If I take a picture 
and let's just say I have cellulite on my legs. I'm like scrambling to try and get rid of the cellulite on my legs. I'm calling people, do you mm-hmm. have an app for that? Like, how do I, how do I erase that line or that mark on my leg? Right. God forbid, yeah, God forbid somebody sees my cellulite. I want to change that, Sarah, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show today. But it's, it's so difficult to wrap my head around when we live in this society that dictates to us what is acceptable when it comes to body shapes and sizes. And it's been ingrained into us since we were born. For example, you look at a magazine cover and what's on the front of it? A perfect woman with a perfect body, right? Which really doesn't exist in our society. Magazines, they don't create more diversity in their covers because they don't sell. So when society is telling us that our bodies are not acceptable, we believe it. So how do you stop yourself from engaging in this negative self-talk? And what, can, what advice can you give me so that I'm not <laughs> freaking out over cellulite next time <laughs> I want to post a picture? Honestly, it's, it's such a common thing. And I think a lot of people think that when I'm posting these pictures, it's because I'm really confident in these things. I really love these parts of my body. And that's not it. I'm doing it in a normally don't love it way because I understand it's important. I understand that we've been oversaturated with such perfection and this idea mm-hmm. of women being one mold that I almost feel like how I felt the first time I saw stretch marks in advertising, the first time I saw cellulite on like a model's body, it changed me a little bit. And and the more we see this, the more we actually start to think less about these things in our body. Shame kind of holds a place with you when it's kept a secret. And from my experience, it's been the more that I share these things and the more that I just show up in who I am, the more I actually can exist beyond my body, not thinking about it so much. But when it comes to that negative self-talk, I mean, it's a practice. I still have negative self-talk. I still have really, really hard days with some of these things. But along the way and through a lot of awareness of my thoughts and realizing where, peeling back the onion as to where they started, you can start to recognize, like, you know what? It's actually a lot coming from the people I'm following on social media. It's in the magazines that I'm buying. Maybe I should be buying different ones. Where is this stuff coming from? Where are these unattainable things coming from? And how do we allow ourselves to be ourselves without constantly needing to be palatable for the world around us? Like, how can we actually look at that? And it just comes with a lot of practice, which comes from a lot of thinking or being aware of your own thoughts. But I I kind of think I have to kind of like categorize it in my brain a little bit similar to what I would tell my kids if they were engaging with a bully at school. I wouldn't say to them, like, punch that bully in the face and tell them what's up. I'd say, walk away. So when you're in the mirror and you're starting to have those thoughts, I know how quickly it can go dark. I know how quickly I might end up on the floor of my closet wanting to burn all the clothes down because it's not fitting me the way that I wanted it to. And instead, just putting on whatever feels the most comfortable and walking away, just disengaging from that bully, knowing it exists in our own minds. And the more we do that, the quicker we are to get over it. I love that but I can see it being a journey though it's not something that just happens overnight yes exactly it's not it's not a struggle with like I have to take a hundred photos to get five really good ones it's like well why do I have to feel like I need to look perfect or something but I also feel that people are judging me 
you know? And so well, I think and, we're conditioned and, and to that, what, right? Yeah. Well, because like, in, especially on social media, oh, well, I like, you know, when people make comments like, well, I like that picture better because you were smiling a little different and that. It's like you actually notice these little things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if you notice that, mm-hmm. you're noticing the cellulite on my butt or whatever, my legs. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we've become really conditioned to get that validation from outside. We always kind of look from it in other people. We want to kind of be accepted. It's so a part of us. We can't really get rid of that. But at the same time, we can't really change ourselves to try and only ever be acceptable. We have to start accepting ourselves. We have to work on that part first and, it, and allow and people, like- you know, the opportunity to kind of get to know our true selves. Yeah, true. And I feel like it's gotten more difficult for me since I've become single. Because now I'm like, now I'm really getting judged because now, you know, I'm looking for a potential yeah. partner and guys are so yeah. judgmental when it comes to looks, you know? I mean, I remember like? dating when I was a single mama three. I didn't even think that was in the ballpark for me. I was like, I've got stretch marks and loose skin and, you know, how is that even going to work? I was wearing t-shirts around guys. I just couldn't even put myself in that place. And And I started to recognize how I was really trying to use my body as a way to serve somebody else instead of actually looking at it as a way of like, how does this person actually serve me back? And if I can feel really fulfilled in myself, then it's not like, it's not a bank account, right? These are, these are kind of like, if it was a bank account and it's like a debit and credit system, if I'm filling up my bank account on my own, then I only want people who are putting in deposits, not taking away from me, not taking away from those experiences. Now you are you are divorced, but are you remarried or are you in a I am. relationship? Yeah, I got remarried a year and a half ago. And how so did you meet that guy? Let's let's, let's let's give people some hope here. How did how did you meet yeah. the guy? <laughs> I met him at, right now. Yeah, I met him at work. We were kind of the Jim and Pam. I took somebody's um, mat leave cover right after my divorce, and he was also just gone through a breakup. And we kind of became fast friends. And to be honest, my kids kind of wing womaned me. They were very much in love with this guy, and were were I love it. for us to get together. But it was it was just it was a magnet for us, and it was just one of those things that I knew it I knew it very early on but I was kind of rejecting it because I was like, oh, I just got out of one of these things. Like, I have no interest. So and, that's kind of where we began. The, the best relationships start as friends. I've always said mm-hmm. that and I always will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, congratulations on that. We need to yeah. take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about relationships and poor body image, how we can improve our body image and strengthen our relationships. We'll be back. Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. So we are back. It's the Dating and Relationship Show. You're listening to Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. And I'm your host, Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca. Sarah Nicole Landry. She's a body confidence activist and host of the Birds Papaya podcast. She's in studio with me tonight. So now let's talk about relationships and the fear of intimacy. When you have a poor body image, you tend um, to pull away from other people. You can't relax when you're alone with your partner. You don't feel 100% confident engaging in sex with your partner. Usually those with a poor body image have more trouble developing intimate contacts. You may sabotage relationships before they start or before they become important. So together now, let's talk about how we can improve our body image and strengthen our relationships. Well, let's start with you. Ooh, 
I want to weigh in on this too. Okay. Yeah. So for me, like I, I was a single mom when I started dating again. Mm -hmm. And so my now husband had no kids. So I was like, just recognizing how different my body must look and appear to him. So I wore a t-shirt in the bedroom for the first like year, year and a half. And didn't he think that was odd? He never commented. I think he just wanted to make sure I was comfortable and really respectful. Oh, I love that. He didn't really pressure. <laughs> I know, right? Everyone asks me. No, he's an angel. Never commented on my body. I have to remember he met me at a time that I was at my lowest weight and I was now having to regain as I was kind of journeying through uh, exiting my disordered eating. So I have a lot of body fear and a lot of hangups. And there was one, my stomach being the biggest one. I mean, I also walked backwards out of every room ever because I didn't want him to see my cellulite or my butt. But for my stomach, he was never allowed to touch it. It was just a big rule for me. It was a big boundary line. And one day we were lying in bed and he went to kind of spoon me and snuggle and he accidentally hit my stomach. And both of us kind of flinched. And I actually took his hand in that moment. I don't know what was going through me, but just surge of energy and I think exhaustion where I just pulled his hand back to my stomach and I just laid there with his hand on it and just allowed myself to be held. Because all this time, all he wanted to do was hold me and all I wanted to do was be held. And here I was allowing something truly so insignificant to stand in between us for that. And after that moment, I really started to look at why we are doing this to ourselves. And the biggest one being, when you think about the people you care about, the ones you're even attracted to, if you name the top five reasons you're drawn to these people, it's rarely their bodies that make them that thing. So when it comes to intimacy, that's an expression that's meant for both of you. That's an experience for both of you, not one. So we kind of have to allow ourselves that pleasure, that intimacy, that allowance to be held and to be accepted and loved and know that it's because we're actually so much more than our bodies. And if we can care for the people in our lives because of the, re- the, the reasons they make us want to love them so much, I mean, there can be a really, really hot guy and he can still be like a, he can be a personality of wet cardboard. It's not really the same as the ones that make us feel seen and heard and loved and respected. Those are usually the leading reasons why we end up being attracted to people. So kind of bringing those parts into it and allowing yourself to be held, I think is my biggest one. That's awesome. And also like when your relationship revolves around your weight or your partner's appearance, then you probably Mm -hmm. don't have accepting perspectives of each other. And that's not love, yes. right? That's just yeah. crazy. Um, and it doesn't leave a lot of room for the ebbs and flows of life, right? My husband was actually the first person to ever say to me, you know, he's like, my body goes up and down like 30 pounds probably once a year. And he goes, but that's life. It's the ebbs and flows and like your body's going to ebb and flow with it. And I remember just turning to him in the car being like, that is the most profound thing I've ever heard. Like I've never gotten permission to change and evolve as life ebbs and flows and why not expect that our bodies will do the same, especially now in quarantine, our bodies are responding. We all are going to probably come out looking and feeling a little bit different. The life is ebbing and flowing and and we are still just as deserving of love and intimacy, even throughout those changes. Yes, we are. And you have to keep in mind too, when you're being intimate, your partner isn't distracted by your cellulite or your droopy breasts. You oh, are no. just because you feel yeah, exactly about yourself doesn't you know you can't just assume that others mm-hmm. think the same way. Am I right about that? 
Yeah. And we're also like a huge part of intimacy is mindfulness. And if our minds are just placed into all of our flaws and all of those things, we're actually losing out in the entire experience. Same as if you go with your friends to the beach or you take your kids to the beach or you're hanging out with your family and all you're thinking about is what the backs of your thighs look like. You're actually missing the entire ocean in front of you. You're missing it. So that is so true. This life, let's not go through life kind of worrying about all of the things that we look like and feel like because we're actually going to miss the moments that we never really get to have again. So why not be active participants in our own memories and make them about something more? And how about focusing on your passions and goals and forgetting about your body image or imperfect skin? Think about your dreams. Focus on the parts of your life that your adventures and and leave that negative body image where it belongs. And how about forget all or nothing beliefs? Just because your weight isn't ideal doesn't mean that you can't highlight and enjoy your, let's say you have beautiful legs or you have long, gorgeous hair, you know. You're not all good or or all bad. So exactly. value we who you are as a whole normal. person. Yeah, and yeah. not just someone struggling with a negative body image. Exactly. Our bodies don't carry moral value, so we have to stop allowing ourselves to believe that there are good bodies and bad bodies. We're going to talk about social media and how we can stop comparing ourselves to others. Mm-hmm. When we come back on the Dating and Relationship Show, stay with us. Listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Tonight on the Dating and Relationship Show, we're talking about how to cultivate confidence and self love with Sarah Nicole Landry. She is a body confidence activist and the host of the Birds Papaya podcast. And I think I'm in love with her. <laughs> <laughs> we're in a relationship. Not, now. not in a lesbian way, but. I just love everything that you stand for. Thank you. So let's talk about social media now and how we can stop comparing ourselves to other people. Social media can make positive body image really hard to attain. There is such a high level of this unrealistic beauty that we see every single day on our phones. How can we stop comparing ourselves to others on social media? Well, I think it, I love that saying that comparison is the thief of joy because it truly, truly is. But a big part of it is because a lot of us tend to want to follow people that we relate to or that we look like. And for me, what I really recognize is I was actually following people that I either wanted to look like or that did look like me. And what it did was it kind of stripped me of the opportunity of seeing beauty be multifaceted, to be so so individual and not just a thing that is this mold that we're sold over and over and over again. There are a lot of diverse bodies and diverse humans that exist on social media, but are we following them? Are we paying attention to it? And are we willing to start following people that look nothing like us and actually being able to experience their beauty and then maybe starting to think, you know what, I actually have my own unique beauty as well. And I feel like for me, the biggest thing was actually just changing up the people I was following so that I didn't just feel this, what I like to call a social media hangover, where you kind of get off the app and suddenly everything feels like less. You don't have a good enough home. You don't have a good enough wardrobe. You don't have enough money. You don't have a, you know, a good enough body. You're, you didn't look like that after having children. My marriage isn't the same as that person's. 
And it's all just a highlight reel. So we kind of have to take a step back and take a look at what it is that we're following and how we can actually start to have it be in our benefit. It's the one type of news feed that we have full control over. When you watch television, we don't have control of that. But social media, we do. We have control of what we see and what we experience. So if we start to have those feelings, own that they are our own feelings and not the post the person who's posting's fault. It's not their fault that we have those um, you know feelings about that. But if they're making us feel like crap about ourselves, maybe it's something to evaluate and maybe just changing up the way that we're following people and what we're following can actually help us stop again, stop thinking about our bodies so much and heading into that comparison trap. Yeah. And I think what you need to realize as well is that people are constantly showcasing the best aspects of their life on Mm -hmm. social media. Like people don't show you the hard times and the depressing times, you know, you lost your luggage or you lost that, or you just lost a hundred thousand dollars in the stock market. You know, people don't go on there and talk about that. Um, And I think too, if you struggle with, with, you know, social media and um, always comparing yourself to other people, I think maybe, consider reducing your time on social media, you know, maybe give yourself 10 minutes a day to check your social media feed and then be done with it for the day or avoid looking at people's profiles. Like again, what you said, who you compare yourself to, right? Exactly. Exactly. And just, Taking time for yourself to learn and see why it is you're feeling that in the first place, like sit with those feelings for a minute and allow yourself to journey through them. Yeah. Um, and, and, and maybe like, developing like a stronger sense of confidence and self-worth by how about putting your own needs first and, and value, valuing your time more by doing more of what you love, you know, by eating well and put in and moving, um, moving around, putting your body in motion for at least 30 minutes a day. So things that are going to help you feel more confident with yourself. Exactly. I think that's that's one of the bigger things too. When we are taking care of our own selves, we stop getting so distracted by what everybody else is doing, right? And we can actually just congratulate, like, feel congratulatory for their life, and also feel validated in our own. Yeah. Um, okay. So now, social media can also put like this huge strain on our relationships. Mm-hmm. Like for example, seeing that a boyfriend is following or even maybe liking photos of some hot Instagram models, I mean, that can be really a huge hit to a girl's self-esteem. So what do you think is the best way to handle a situation like that when issues like these are starting to, you know, put a strain on your relationship or, or make you feel insecure? What do you think? Well, it's so interesting because, first of all, I'd be such a hypocrite because I follow a lot of bearded men for whatever reason. I just find them really, like, fashion is my favorite. Oh, yeah. I love a good beard. So, I don't know. It's, it's, it's such an interesting conversation that comes up so much. But I think all feelings are valid. And it's, it's one of those things. Yeah, I see in a lot of Facebook groups. It comes up all the time that people are asking about you know, why my significant other is liking all of these photos or following all these women. And I think opening yourself up to conversation as to how that makes you feel Mm -hmm. and where that kind you can navigate those a little bit. I I know from my husband and myself, we both experience feelings of jealousy, but also don't want each other to have to be um, changing behavior just to appease that jealousy, because then it feels like 
control. So we actually talk about it. Why do we feel that way? Is there something lacking that we need to discuss? And so I think sometimes it can be so different for every single couple, but recognizing that it's okay to share that it makes you feel a little bit not well, or it's making you feel insecure. And, you know, can we have a conversation about it? Recognize that your feelings are valid. Don't tiptoe around things and and acknowledge your feelings in the mix of it and, and have those uncomfortable conversations because they might really lead you somewhere much better in your relationship. I agree with you 100%. Have a conversation around it. Um, and I think, too, like, I mean, if your your boyfriend is just commenting or liking you know, picture here and there. That's one thing. But when he he's following all like models on Instagram, I mean, that's a red flag. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Right? Like, why, yeah, like, why are you using social media? Are you using it to to chat up girls? Like, or yeah, what what are you using it for? So, well, and then it starts to beg a much deeper. Like, if you're peeling the onion, it starts to beg a much deeper question: Is the trust there in our relationship? Is this something that? bothers is this a red flag for me is this a no-go zone or is this one of those things that I simply don't care it's going to be different for everyone and again everyone's feelings are valid so I think it's just important to feel like you can voice those without coming off like you're overly controlling or taking over their feed and deciding who they follow just actually coming at it from a heart matter and just expressing what it feels like for you to experience that and I think that that's where it can make the most impact is just kind of explaining it in a way that makes that makes sense and is valid to your own feelings. So moving along here, because we have so much to talk about. Overcoming body hangups when we come back on the Dating and Relationship Show. Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bilotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. This is the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I am joined by the lovely Sarah Nicole Landry. She is a body confidence activist and the host of the Birds Papaya podcast. I want to talk about overcoming body hangups now. So how can women who go through a dramatic physical change like weight loss like you have work to change their old beliefs when it comes to their body? Well, I think the first one is just acknowledging that you're experiencing grief. And I think if we try and just push past those feelings and not honor them in the moment, they're not going to have time to actually heal. So it's okay if you're feeling grief or strange feelings around your body or struggling in some of the changes you've experienced. Change is actually something that can be really difficult to go through. So I found for myself when it came to a lot of this kind of going, touching on what I did earlier when talk about comparison, it's actually following people of all different physical bodies because then it allowed me to feel a little bit more safe in my own. It really helped to see women who also had postpartum bodies that actually really helped to experience that. I went through an art exhibit called Life After Birth and it was the first time I felt so powerful in those changes and so and it was so so beautifully done that you know you can actually start to respect it and I think that's one of the things is we always want to love our bodies we always want to come to this place of just overwhelming confidence and love but when we when it actually comes to it can we respect it can we respect a job well done when it comes to things like stretch marks that's actually our body doing an incredible job that's our skin creating function to grow maybe it's through children maybe it's through a dramatic change 
whatever it is, our body is actually doing a really good job. Can we respect her for it? And I think that when you realize it, it's not necessarily a feeling of feeling really great or positive about it, but actually just coming to a place of respect, it can be easier to kind of journey through some of those hangups and through some of those things that truly hold us. They're hangups, so they also kind of hold us back from life as well. And so how do we as women allow ourselves to separate our self-worth from the opinions of men? (laughs) How do we Mm -hmm. disassociate our sense of worth from whether or not they find us to be textbook attractive? This is one that a lot of women struggle with. This is a huge one. Yeah. And you know what? It's something that I really saw reflective in a lot of my social media work for a while when I cared so much about being attractive for the opposite sex, it became so overwhelming because I, it's so variable. Everybody is attracted in different ways. So Mm. even though there's this one mold that's presented, it just became confusing that I was just trying to be as palatable as possible at all times. It was a full-time job, to be honest, it was a full-time job to remain attractive. And at some point I kind of woke up to the fact that this was not my life's purpose. My life's purpose was not to appease somebody's, you know, taste in bodies that wasn't, I was so much more than that. And there's this really great saying by a page called beauty redefined. And they say, my body is an instrument, not an ornament. And when you start to recognize like, what is the purpose of our bodies? And yes, they are so fun to decorate. They are so lovely to dress up, to play with, to wear cute clothes and do our hair and wear makeup and feel really confidently attractive. But It's just so much more than that. And I think that when we start to look at our bodies as instruments and not ornaments, we can actually shift the conversation. And one way that I really like to dive into this a little bit is things like not giving power to things like clothes and makeup. Like I love to put on a face of makeup every day, but there are certain things like, you know what? I feel really bold and fierce. My lipstick will reflect this instead of being this lipstick makes me feel attractive. I'm going to wear this outfit because I feel like it complements me, my feelings today, not I need to wear this so that I look complimentary to the room. Just kind of shifting our framework around where we kind of desire to be attractive and why, and just kind of recognizing that we inherently are so much more. So how can we start showing those things even more so in our everyday lives and in our relationships? Love, love, love. Okay, moving along, because, again, we have so much to talk about. Divorce. You turned it into a positive experience, because in one of your blog posts, you refer to your story. Mm -hmm. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that? Well, I think somewhere along the way, when you talk about being attractive and things for other people, a lot of our relationships are rooted in just trying to make another person happy. And what happened through the process of divorce is I actually had to really focus on what made me happy and what, what that core relationship with myself, if I could put her at top priority, how beneficial that was to all the other relationships in my life, not only for my kids, but my family, everything. So my divorce ended up allowing me to fall in love with who I inherently am and being able to present that person, knowing her more confidently to my next partner so that I no longer was like, I remember when I met my husband, he was like, I love camping. And I was like, I hate camping. That's totally fine. Where old me would have been like, I also love camping and I was gone and I would have been miserable and I wouldn't 
have I would have done anything I could because I just didn't want to mess up the relationship. Instead of honoring that, we're actually two different people merging together. And so really honoring who I was and you know, that person who is constantly changing and evolving. And uh, yeah, so that's kind of my big thing is that I, I just really wanted to fall in love with myself and be more intentional with her and bring that into relationships. Okay. So what would you say to other women who are going through a divorce or break up right now? To just pay attention to themselves, let woo themselves first before they get into wooing other people so that they know who they're actually presenting and bringing to the conversation and bringing to the relationship. Once you get to know her and set her as like your top intention, then the relationship becomes, you know, a compliment to it. It's, it's a cherry on the top of the Sunday that's already complete. And what I can say about that is leave time to focus on yourself. This is going to help you stay balanced. It can also make you more appealing. There's something so captivating about a person with a passionate life. And also know that your past experiences, they don't define your future. Divorce is painful, but it doesn't mean that you have to compare all your relationships to the one that didn't work out. So take the lessons you learned from your marriage, but don't let the baggage from it define you. You are now free to pursue new love, and that's going to help you thrive. We'll be right back on the Dating and Relationship Show. Stay with us. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Tonight on the Dating and Relationship Show, we're talking about feeling beautiful in your own skin and cultivating self-love and so much more with Sarah Nicole Landry. She's a body confidence activist and the host of the Birds Papaya podcast. You have been so amazing. I just want to let you know. Oh, thank you. this show. Okay, so what are some things that women should practice every day to feel beautiful in their own skin? What can we do? Well, I think the first one is just paying attention. All of us feel different in different ways and in the way we feel loved and the way that we feel beautiful. So it would be so unfair for us to go and read a blanket statement as to how to feel beautiful in your skin when it's actually so different for each of us. And so paying attention to the moments that feel really good, think about it in the way that when you have a really good meal, you note it. And when you have a really bad meal, you remember it. But most of our lives are made up of just really average meals, but they can add up to a really, you know, content life. So just recognizing what makes you feel good on the everyday, even if it's not overwhelmingly obvious and it's not this like peak moment of life, pay attention to it. What are those little habits in a day that can make you feel just a little bit better about yourself? And it doesn't always have to be about looks. A lot of people feel like you just have to jump into a bikini and suddenly go to all the pool parties and somehow feel beautiful about it. What if you actually just showed up exactly the way you feel most comfortable and the way that makes you think about your body the least, whatever that looks like. And just recognize that you have your beauty is so much more than your exterior. And so start paying attention to what beauty you want to bring into the room and bring into your relationships and bring into your home and and in your community as well. And noting that, you know what, your looks might not be entirely it. So just recognizing how you can feel confident and beautiful might not be entirely what shade of lipstick you're wearing. And it might be as well. Love it. Now, there seems to be this pressure that we we need to come out of this quarantine looking better than when we went into it. So social media has been full of like fat phobic narratives, pushing the fear that you might get fat during social distancing. I'm sure you've heard that. Mm -hmm. Uh, How we... um, 
get how do we get the message out that it's okay if we don't come out of this period of self-isolation with a beach body, or a new business, or the best mental health? I mean, what about using this time to just take a breath and to take a break? Because I know that there, I feel like a lot of people f- are feeling the pressure. Maybe in the first couple of weeks they weren't, but then it was like, okay, so how do I reinvent myself? I need to reinvent myself right now. I can't take a break, you know? So, so how can we work around that? Well, I think let's recognize the first thing. If we walk out of quarantine with a few extra pounds in our bodies, we're still the lucky ones. There are a lot of people who never made it through this virus. And so really acknowledging on a grand scale how important it is that we just, you know, this is just something that happened. And it's also a really, really stressful time. Even within, like I was going on, you know, my exercise bike and going on like up to three walks a day just to kind of keep myself moving. And I still, you know, I have one of those Apple watches and it's still, I could not get myself up to the level of activity that we had before everything shut down. So it's kind of this impossibility. And at the same time, needing to really honor what our health looks like. And can we honor that our mental health has a huge part of this and that stress is actually at a huge peak. A lot of people have gone through income loss and job loss. So before we make these jokes about, you know, um, the fat phobic comments and the jokes about the quarantine 15, recognize that when we make fun of things like that, we could actually be making fun of access to food, financial access and availability. We could be mocking mental health and just a lot of people who are going through a lot of stuff right now. It's not just about, you know, people who quote unquote got lazy and ate a lot of quote unquote bad food. I ate cereal for the first week because it felt like the most comforting thing in the world. And I can't really explain that, but I know that's not allowed to eat cereal. (laughs) Well, that's what I mean, right? Who knows? It's probably because in my childhood, I, I ate a lot of cereal. Maybe that was what was comforting for me. So yes, all of our, all of our bodies in one way or another have probably experienced some form of change, but that still is this one chapter in a very long book and big picture thinking, we are still incredibly lucky to come out the other side of this with a body that is still functioning and well. Body acceptance is the first step to self-love and body love. And having confidence in your body isn't always easy, especially if you're constantly comparing yourself to a body that is not yours. How do we get to that place where we accept our body and stop comparing ourselves to others? Well, I think body acceptance is one of those things that you can't really ever get to a place of accepting it and expecting that to be your forever. It's never going to be. It's going to change a million times over. So I think that when it comes to that, again, we have to talk about self-love being an intention, your actions towards your body and having confidence beyond your body and looking at other people like they are more than their bodies as well. And that's one of the bigger things. If we start appreciating ourselves for how we are so much more than our bodies, can we start looking at other women and men the same way? If Mm -hmm. we could just deprioritize those things and actually show up in moments and memories together that are such a a more bigger and profound experience than, you know, what size pant we're wearing. And by loving yourself, you have more love to give to other people. You have like a greater capacity to think and feel and focus on the positive changes that you want to make rather than constantly thinking about what food you should or shouldn't eat or what clothes you can or can't wear. One more question before we need to go. Mm -hmm. Uh, How many of us have this idea that we need to lose weight in order to go on a vacation, find a partner, go to the gym? We're, We're holding off on enjoyable moments of our life. What message can we give to those people to stop waiting and start living now, today? 
Well, that's just it. There is no, there is no end date. There is no end date on a, on a self-love journey. It is constantly changing. It's constantly evolving. And you're worthy of all of those memories and all of those opportunities, those vacations, those relationships that going to the gym, you're worthy of it right now in the body you exist in right now, even as it changes and as it goes, we can't hold ourselves to a condition that we have to look and be a certain way before we are worthy of these things. We're all worthy of them right now. So if we can just tap into that and allow ourselves our experiences, we'll stop being so distracted by our bodies. We'll stop being feeling so robbed of the experience of life because our bodies really haven't, you know, quote unquote, held their end of the bargain in life, right? So just allow ourselves to kind of be active participants in our own memories. I love that. Beauty is about being comfortable in your own skin. It's about knowing and accepting who you are. No matter what weight we are, what color our skin is, what flaws we have, we are all deserving of love and acceptance. Sarah Nicole Landry, thank you so much for joining me today. Where can people find you? Where can they listen to your podcast? Maybe I can yeah, so, on your podcast. <laughs> yeah, you can find me at The Birds Papaya on Instagram. Okay. And you can also find my podcast wherever you stream your podcast. It's just called The Papaya Podcast. Search The Birds Papaya, search Papaya Podcast, whatever you want to use. But if you come over to Instagram and you come to the like the birds of high on IG, that's the wheelhouse. You're going to find everything else from there. You're such a beautiful soul. Thank you so much. If you'd Thank like you so to much. Uh, reach out to me, you can find me on social media, official Laura Bellotta on Instagram. You can also follow us, the Dating and Relationship Show on Instagram or Facebook. Thank you so much. And thanks for tuning in each and every week. I love you all. Ciao for now. The preceding program is a specialty program. Unless otherwise identified, the participants on the program are not employees of Chorus Entertainment. Opinions expressed may not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.